welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. You know, um, life really gets exciting. When you know deep in your knower. How many know what your knower is? Okay. It's that spot in you that you really can't define but you know. Right? Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? See, when you know deep in your knower. That every day has purpose and destiny. Because you've been delivered from the power of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of God's dear son. And so now you're a son or daughter of God. You are royalty. And and you begin living like royalty. Because you know that you have kingdom, power, and authority. Because Jesus said, I give to you the keys of the kingdom. Now, I want you to pause right now with me. And and I want you to say this. Just close your eyes, put your hand on your heart, and say this out loud with me. Jesus, you've given me the keys of the kingdom. Say it with me. Jesus, you've given me the keys of the kingdom. I want you to say it with me one more time, but say it with meaning. Say it with confidence. Jesus, you've given me the keys of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Because we have the keys of the kingdom. We can bind the powers of darkness. And we are never at the mercy of our enemy. You are never at the mercy of your enemy. You have the keys of the kingdom. You can bind his power. Amen? Amen. Not only that, you have the authority and power to pray blessing into your family into your kids, into your marriage, into your home, into your life. I mean, how many blessings does God have for you? Well, we got a little hint in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 when he said, you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that that begs the question, how big is heaven? How big is God? (laughs) So how many blessings does he have for you? You know, there's a scripture in Revelation chapter 21 where he says he's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. And I believe some of the tears that God's going to wipe away from our eyes is when we arrive in heaven and 
we get to our house that God has built for us and we open a closet and in there are all these boxes of blessings that God had intended for us to have in our life and we just never asked and never believed and we're going to go oh my goodness oh my and then God's going to bend over and wipe all tears from our eyes and say they're yours now dear they're yours now come on amen Kingdom living. We are, we are royalty. And when we live every day with that full knowledge in our life, then what happens is we, we begin, we, I love this, then we begin living, anticipating divine appointments every day. And with confidence, anticipating the impossible. With God? Mm. Uh, half of you got that. Let's try it again, okay? With God. And God. Therefore, to me, and all things work together for my good. Okay, that's our mantra here at Living Faith Church. If you're new here, that's our mantra. With God, all things are possible. But God lives in me. Therefore, to me, all things are possible and all things work together for my good. But someone says, well, how? I don't know how. My job is not to know how. My job is just to believe. And scripture says, have faith. And that when I pray with faith, I can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Someone says, well, I've got this. It's like this mountain before me. Well, throw it away. Come on, believe. But I can't see how. Of course you can't. You're looking with finite eyes. But you're praying to an infinite God. You're facing it with your human strength. But by faith you're praying to a God that is all powerful and all knowing. And he's almighty. And he's always present. And his eyes are ever going to and fro across the earth. Looking for the righteous ones to whom he can show himself mighty. Come on. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. You're a king's kid. Live like royalty. Amen? Amen. Now, let me share something with you that kind of puts this into a little bit more perspective. Are you ready? Okay. Now, you, you can walk with historical God. Taking the Bible and believing that he's the God that rolled back the Red Sea. He's the God that made David kill the giant with a slingshot. He, he's baby Jesus born in Bethlehem. He's, he's Jesus that walked on water and made blind Bartimaeus see. Because you, you read all those things in the Bible. And so you, you believe they're true because you believe the Bible's true. And so you read the Bible every day or at least a couple of times a week. 
and, and you believe it. And so you're walking with historical God. Or, or you can walk with living God that touches you every once in a while, every now and again. Don't you love those times when you're reading the Bible and the words just jump off the page? And faith grows in your heart and, and oh man, it just, you're spiritually refreshed. It just came alive, right? And that's what Paul was talking about when he said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the living word of God. Or maybe there's times on Sunday like today when, boy, God just touches you and it just strengthens your faith. And maybe you come to the altar and God just touches you and, and you live for those moments, Or you can live every day in the manifest presence of God. I want to say it again. You can walk with historical Jesus, and he's just a historical figure you read about, and you believe he really did all those things. Or you can live in those moment by moment, time by times, when God touches you. And and you live for that next time when God touches you. Or you can live every day in the manifest presence of Almighty God. Now Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians chapters 3 and 4. When he talked about that the children of Israel... That, that their relationship to God was through the stone tablets. And he was just historical God that came down on the mountain and gave them the Ten Commandments and gave them the Law of Moses. And, and they had the Mishnah and all their writings and, and they lived by that and he was just historical God and they were just keeping the religious activity of the historical God and they believed in the historical God. Keeping the law. I want to tell you, that's a very dead, dry way to live. And it makes you very critical and very judgmental because nobody is quite as holy as you. But the problem is, in your heart of hearts, you know even you are not that good. And it's a very horrible, because it's lifeless. But then he also talked about, they, they, but, but also there was Moses. And, and Moses would go in and he would talk with God and he would meet with God face to face. And he would come out and his face would be just shining with the glory of God's presence. But it was fading away. And so they put a veil over his face. Many people think that they put a veil over his face because they couldn't stand to look on the face of Moses. Read the scripture carefully. That's not why they put the veil over his face. They put the veil over his face so the people would not see the glory fading. And he would go in and he would meet with God. And he would come out with the glory of God and it slowly would fade away until this next meeting with God. And that's how I would say most Christians live. They come on Sunday, they get touched by Almighty God and then all week long it's just slowly fading away and they can't wait to get back to the next Sunday and get touched by God again. Come on. And I am telling you, 
Paul said, but that's not how it is. Because we have received Jesus Christ into our heart and life, we are going from glory to glory to glory. And when he says that it's an ever-increasing measure of God's glory, we can live and move and have our being every single day in the manifest presence of Almighty God. And that's the way to live. Now, okay, so we live that way. So does, does that mean that we never have problems? No. We do live in the world, right? Does, does that mean, does that mean we'll, we'll never go through physical struggles? No, no, no. Uh, we do live in a world with viruses. Come on, that's reality. Come on, that's reality, right? Okay. We, we, we live in a world where we're building something and we hit the wrong nail. We live in a world where cars break down. And then when we're trying to fix it and we're, and we're, and we're trying to do something that really we should, have, we should have two people doing it, but I'm a man, I'll do it. And we do it, guys. And then we're hurting. Oh, Am I the only guy in the room that does that it's crazy stuff? I don't think so. I think that's called male. See, we live in a real world. But here's the difference. We live in a real world, but we live in the manifest presence of God. And so even when I'm battling a virus, God's presence is there. So that even, even, when, even when I wake up in the morning and my back is feeling the work I did the day before, two days before, because and, and I, I overdid it, I've still, God is still there. His presence is still there. His presence manifests in my life every single day. Dear ones, it's not because I'm a preacher. It's because I am a son and, uh, of God, just like you're a son of God, just like you're a daughter of God. And you have the same privilege I have that we get to walk in the manifest presence of God. Yes. Jesus talked about this in John chapter 14. It's up on the scripture for you. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father... He'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world seeth me no more. But ye see me because I live. Ye live also. That time you shall know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. That day you shall know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. 
See, this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about in Colossians chapter 1 when he said there is this great mystery down through the ages. And what is that great mystery, Paul? He said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in us. So I've got a question. I've got to ask you this question. Has there been a time in your life that you knew that you asked Jesus Christ to come live in your heart and life? To forgive you of your sin and come live in your heart and life. Do you know that? Amen. So I've got a question for you. Are, are you living it? Or are you just being religious? See, he wants us to live it every day. Jesus, you are in me. Jesus, you're walking with me. Jesus, I know you're present. And and I want to share with you, if that's a struggle for you every day, Almighty God wants you to take the time every day to know. And you're not having to work it up every day. He's there. He's there. You didn't just get his, his little pinky or his left foot. Okay, God doesn't have grandkids. He has kids. See, I have grandkids. But unfortunately, six of them are thousands of miles away. It takes 18 hours minimum to get there. Then I've got three other grandkids that are three hours away. Okay, got to spend some time with them yesterday. Okay, can I, can I pause a minute? I'm, I'm going to be a grandpa here for a second. Got to watch Rachel, her first dance recital yesterday. It was so awesome. It was so fun watching her. But I got to tell you, it is so funny to see these, these young girls, when they're first learning how to dance, to try and be graceful. It's just a hoot. But it was so fun. It was just so fun. But here's, here's, the, here's the corker. I mean, this just, I got to if, if my chest is like bigger today, there's a good reason. My 14-year-old grandson, my oldest grandson, actually he and Philip are only weeks apart, but, but Clayton was born first, so he's my oldest grandson. 14 years old, he's already a youth pastor. He's preaching every week. And just this year, he's had 15 first-time commitments to Jesus Christ. This last week, he had three. He's had as many as 21 in his youth group already. Boy, does that make you proud. All through prayer. That's through prayer. It's not because I'm something special. So you have that same power and authority in your life to pray for your kids, to pray for your grandkids as I have. Same God. Same God takes the same stuff. But see, God wants us to believe. In, in the Old Testament, there's this, um, this, a part of the Hebraic culture in the Old Testament that if, if, you, if you owed somebody something and you couldn't pay, that you could, you could, by choice, indenture yourself to that person and become their servant or their slave. Now, you, you got to understand something. Slavery in the Holy Scripture, in the Old Testament, is not the slavery that we're used to in American history. See, when we study slavery, we are studying the, 
the, uh, the sinful kind of slavery, okay? And, and when you read the Old Testament, they were not allowed to beat their slaves. They couldn't chain them. You know, they, and, and when, and when their, their, their time was up, when they had paid their indebtedness, they were to send them away. But they were to just say, okay, you paid your bill, out of here. No, 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 no. They were to bless that slave. They were to give them an abundance of food, water, animals, so they could start their life without being a slave all their life. They were to bless them. Boy, that's not the kind of slavery we, we saw here in America, right? When you study what it was like in, in Old Testament slavery, it wasn't anything like what we're used to. That's not what God initiated. But, but let's, say, let's say this person that, that had indentured themselves, the person they were working for, they really loved them and, and they loved working for them. And, and that person's business was growing and, and they were being blessed. Then they could go to the master and say, I love you. I love working here. I don't want to leave. And what the master would do is they would take that person over to the doorpost and they would take their ear and they would take an awl and they would pierce their ear. And, and that person then was indentured to them the rest of their life. But they were not allowed to treat them like a slave. They had to treat them like a member of the family. This is illustrated for us. If you remember, in fact, I put his, I put his picture up here. This was Simonides in the movie Ben-Hur that, 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 that served Judah Ben-Hur. Remember that? Judas, Judas' dad uh, had, had hired him when he was a young man. And he had served, he'd served the, the her household all these years. And now he was serving Judah, Ben-Hur. And, and it, was a, it was a wonderful illustration. If you haven't seen that movie in a while, it's a wonderful illustration of the very thing I'm talking about. I tell you something funny. So at about 90, I don't know, 92, 93, something like that, Aaron, Aaron my son, who's, who's pastor at the house church and had been here for six years, he, uh, he showed up to church one Sunday night with a pierced ear. Okay. Now, this was long before when you had, it was common, you know, today, you know, you see kids, every orifice of their body has a piercing, but uh, the... It wasn't that way then. It was not as common, particularly for guys. Girls had pierced ears all the time. But guys, no, that wasn't so common then. And so he shows up on Saturday night with, with a little little diamond stud in his ear. And, and I said, uh, I need to talk to you in my office. And he, he loves to tell the story. He says, I was called into the pastor's office, you know. Anyway, so we get, I go, what are you doing? And he he proceeds to tell me this story. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, I said, okay, what that means then? For the rest of your life. <laughs> it was really funny. It was just, I mean, how do you answer when, you're, when, when your son's quoting scripture to you? Oh. <laughs> uh, Mankind had a, has a serious problem. 
because we owe a debt we can't pay. We committed high treason with Almighty God. When God created mankind, he created us to be stewards over all of his creation. And so Adam and Eve, our original parents, they were wealthy beyond our imagination. They lived in a perfect relationship with the environment. They had a perfect relationship with the animal kingdom. They had a perfect relationship with Almighty God. It was a perfect environment, completely perfect. And they were living in a wealth and in a blessing that is beyond. We can't imagine because we've never known anything like that. So we, we, can't, even, we can't even portray it in a movie because we can't imagine what it truly was like. But then we committed treason of all treason. And we took everything God had given to us and we gave it to Lucifer and made ourselves slaves to Lucifer and slaves to sin. And so now we owe this debt that we can't pay. The best thing we can do is die in our sin. But when we die in our sin... We just go spend eternity in hell and we serve as slaves in hell for the rest of eternity with no freedom. The wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 5 says that death passed upon all men because all have sinned. Romans chapter 3 says, there's none righteous, not even one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so here we are, we owe this debt that we cannot pay. And so the best thing we can do, the only thing we could do is serve as a slave. And so Almighty God resolved this in an incredible way. Because scripture says... That all things are purged by blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so Almighty God did the unthinkable. Almighty God became man. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. And because he was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, he was without sin. He had no sin nature. Because the sins of the Father are visited to the third and fourth generation. And that is why God could say that one will come who will be born of the seed of woman. And he said to Lucifer, and you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. And in Bethlehem's stable, that prophecy became fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary and he took upon himself our sin and our iniquity. And then he died and he shed his blood in our place. He paid the ransom price by dying for us. And so now we can be this word redeemed. And there are three Greek words for redeem. Listen closely. The one lutrao means to pay the ransom. Okay. So a son or daughter is 
kidnapped and you get a ransom note if you'll put $500,000 in a bag and drop it at the park and then, you know, the ransom. You get it? Jesus paid the ransom for us. But then there's the Greek word agorazo. And agorazo specifically means to go to the slave market and buy a slave. So there's this person that can't pay a bill. And so they indenture themselves. But then there's the Greek word ex agorazo. Can you hear the same word, agorazo? Ex agorazo, listen to this. It means to go to the slave market, buy a slave, and bring them home. And take them to the doorpost. And take the all and bore a hole in their ear. And they never go back to the slave market again. I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I have been, I have been redeemed. Amen. We're redeemed. We're redeemed. But I got, it doesn't stop there. In John chapter 15, Jesus says, No greater love has anyone than this, that he lay his life down for his friends. No longer do I call you slaves. And the Greek word there is doulos. Doulos is the lowest kind of a slave. Because they were born into slavery... And they can never get out of it. Jesus said, I no longer call you slaves. Because the slave does not know what his master is doing. Listen. I call you philos. I call you friends. In the Greek grammar, when he says, I call you friends, it's in the Greek grammar that makes it an unchangeable transfer into a whole new status. You have been taken out of slavery and you have been made the friend of God. He lives in you. He walks with you. He wants you to know what is it. You're not just a slave to him. You are now a son and daughter of the living God. You have been delivered from the power of darkness. 
And you have been transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. You have been adopted into the family of God. You are no longer a slave. You once were a slave to sin, a slave to Satan, a slave to the power of darkness. And your life was hopelessly and habitually in that condition. And there was no way out. And you were going to hell. And there was no way out. That was where you were going. But Jesus Christ came. And by the power of his blood and the power of the Holy Spirit, he redeemed you out of slavery. And he's brought you to the family. And he's made you a member of the family. You are now royalty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, live like it. Don't just... Don't just walk with historical Jesus or every once in a while get that just great feeling. You will get those feelings. I love them when they come, but that's not what I live for. You know what I live for? I live every day to walk with Jesus in reality and in assurance. And with that assurance, I know I always win because Scripture says I am more than a conqueror. And it's not just me, you too. Come on. Amen? Amen. Live with that anticipation. Every day has purpose and destiny. Now, um, you just got the introduction to my sermon. So what that means is, is next week, I'm not going to speak my Thanksgiving sermon. I'm going to give you the rest of this sermon. Because it's really, really important. Because Jesus said something very, very important when he was telling them, I call you friends. Amen? And we want to know how to do that. Anybody here want to know how to walk with God like that in his manifest presence every day of your life? Anybody, anybody care to know that? Huh? Huh? Absolutely. Folks, it's far more fun to live the Christian life in reality and in the manifest presence of God than it is to just, well, yeah, I believe Jesus. I believe the Bible. Yeah, I believe that. Well, is that, is that all? I mean, uh, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Anybody got an actual Bible? We got all kinds of electronic Bibles around here. Anybody got a real, uh, I shouldn't say a real one. I mean, a, print, a printed one. <laughs> Thank you. Can I borrow this? I'll, I'll give it back. I promise. Okay. It wouldn't work for me because it says Joyce right there. So. And I sure don't look like Joyce. And you're glad. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> she said yes. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> that cracked me up. Yeah, I, I got to read you what I just opened to. It's Isaiah 42. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I've put my spirit upon you. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. Anybody know who that's talking about? Well, it's talking about Jesus specifically, but it also refers to us because he lives in us. So he puts his spirit upon us and he upholds us. Amen. Scripture says he upholds us with his right hand. Yes. Yes. See, now here's, here's the difference. You can live every day just reading this and going, yeah, I believe the Bible. And, and, and 
and, and it, it goes no further than that. And, and that doesn't mean that you're not born again and you're not going to heaven. I'm not talking about that. But, but if that's all it is to you, God's got another step he wants you to embrace. He wants you to have those times when he touches you with his mighty power. He wants you to have those times when you're reading the word and it just jumps off the page and you go, boy, that's that. Oh, yeah. Amen. Right, Miss Shirley? Amen. You, you, you want to have those times. But there was, it doesn't stop there. He wants you to live your life every day in the manifest presence of God. So that he's living and moving in you. And you have your very life in him. As Jesus said. And you in me and I in you. So we're living every day like that. So that every day you can anticipate. You know what? God's going to bring me. I want to get to touch someone today. I'm going to get to touch someone today. I, I See that's what I love. One of the things I love about Pastor, or pastor Dave, I'm, I'm going to. I'm trying to make you a pastor. <laughs> a big Dave, that two of our men chased him down and said, "We're praying for you." And man, there's the miracle. Right, Reagan. Every day. See, that's that's for you every day. And then to confidently face and take hold of the impossible. To just, you know, there's no way possible, but in Jesus' name, it's possible. Because with God, all things are possible. And we confidently face those things and take hold of them and stand in them and believe for them. See, that's how God wants you living every day. And you can do that. Would you stand up? so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com. At